Gentlemen, this is Talking During Movies, a weekly podcast where I take key moments and quotes from a film to drive a conversation. And this one's a special one. We recorded this live a couple weeks ago at the Kung Fu Saloon in downtown Austin on West 6th for Alzheimer's Awareness. I had my buddy Johnny Z and my buddy Jason M come in. We talked over Top Gun, a classic. Wanted to do Top Gun for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Jason was in the armed services. Two, it's just... It's a great movie, man. It's fun to talk over. The the volleyball scene, the sweatiness, the jeans, the chafing, the motorcycle. You get to hear about Jason's story. He bought that motorcycle after watching Top Gun to get ladies. That's just what he did. That is the power of Top Gun. But this is really was about just gaining awareness for all um, for Alzheimer's. Uh, my friend Jessie May, you know, her dad uh, struggles with uh, with Alzheimer's. If you want to, you know, you can follow Jessie May and her story. And everything that she's going through and and what she's experiencing not only from her amazing comedy but also just what's happening with her father uh, she's at jessimaypeluso.com j-e-s-s-i-m-a-e-p-e-l-u-s-o and that's her that's uh at jessimaypeluso on instagram check her out listen to her story uh no sponsors today what you need to do is find the local Alzheimer's place, uh, Alzheimer's awareness group in your city, uh, and um, get after them. See how you can help. See if you can take someone for a walk. See if you can, you know, spend some time with someone and let them share their stories. You know, they they need love. They need help. They need support. The the families do. The people who have Alzheimer's do. So figure that part out. Look after them. Uh, if there's not one in your area, do something else to give back to your community to help those that that need help. Go. Mow someone's lawn, go plant a garden, go sit down and talk with someone and play cards, whatever it is, uh, go, go figure that out. Yeah, so our sponsors are you guys out there, the listeners, getting out there. And if you get some time, uh, share your stories with me, uh, Talking During Movies Podcast at Gmail or on Instagram at Talking During Movies or on Twitter at Talk During Movie. And either way, we'll, uh, we'll figure something out. We'll have some fun. So have a good one, you guys. Enjoy this podcast. uh, And uh, once again, get out in your community and and help those that need help. See ya. Bam. Gentlemen, welcome. (laughs) Welcome to this. We got got draft beer here. Um, Draft beer. Draft beer. Draft beer is beer. Clanks and clanks above. Salud. All right. I can't reach over there. (laughs) So uh, before we – so we're watching Top Gun today. I'll count you guys in in the – in the intro, I'm not going to do it right now because Wi-Fi and everything else and da 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 You're going to get some um, background noise. We're in Kung Fu. They put us inside because it's better than outside. It's true. We got a little bit of live, uh, music going on in the background. No one tattle, please. Thanks. That's super. All right. We got that out of the way. <laughs> Jason, starting with you because we share the same name. Um, I'm, I'm, it's a Jason sandwich right now. It's a Jason sandwich right now. It's a, by the way, playing at ACL. They're going to do a great job with Jason's sandwich. <laughs> They're going to be fantastic. Jason, tell people a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, how you've revolutionized the uh, the adult sex toy industry, you yes. know, all, all the fun stuff. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Jason, a lot of people call me Montoya, so in case the Jasons get confused, uh, we do, our company's uh, payment approved. We build financial payment processing infrastructure. 
And we do a lot of creative stuff. Right now we have a large scalable engine that can be deployed in scale to, I don't know, rival Visa and MasterCard, if not larger. We're talking to a few companies to work with them, which is gonna be awesome. We also have some mobile applications. GiddyCash.com is one of them. Does peer-to-peer. Nice. And coming soon, we're gonna have a new mobile banking application called GiddyBank.io. Wow, you got some stuff going on. Um, I wish you'd go after bigger companies. You know, it's Visa MasterCard seems kind of like you're, well, you I mean, don't have to go after PayPal and Amazon, you're like Bezos, watch <laughs> out. You thought you lost hair before, you son of a bitch. You know what, to yeah. be honest you with wait. you, I think Amazon could use us. They started crashing yesterday. Did everybody see that? They did, yeah. That yeah, did. when I tried to buy my daughter a birthday gift cheaper. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, Dad, <laughs> why is Banjo, or we have a Basset Hound, this sad Basset Hound. She's like, look, it's Banjo's cousin. Are you buying me another dog? Yes. And I'm like, no, fuck, no, no. no. <laughs> You're getting a My Little Pony. I've ruined it. I don't care. Shut up. You're going to take it. You're going to like it. My girlfriend, we just got a dog, a little dog, and I kept looking on that whole crashing page for Amazon. I was like, wait, isn't that our dog up there? I think <laughs> Amazon owes us some money. That's awesome. Now, Johnny Z. Hey. I mean, you, you've been on before, but it's good to be back. I'm, I'm glad you are back. It's, it's fun to get two smart entrepreneurs together and then my foul mouth. It's like it's it's like a pirate with a with a compass and GPS. Well, I mean, like every every <laughs> every pirate needs the the person to steer him in the right direction. That's exactly right. You know, you know? I, I, so feel, I feel the like stars the, the, the shmees of the world never really got you know all of their their praises for for being the trusty sidekick. Speaking of that, and not trusty sidekicks, <laughs> goose. Yeah, I was, I was, was going to say that was a tell, so. Tell us, there. give us a little shot on. Uh, on uh, MediaTek, I know you can't uh, you can't use the visual, which is always which is a lot more fun. Or just some other stuff that you have been working on. You said you had a crazy week. What's been going on? Um, so I mean, there's just a lot of conversations with uh, the venture capital community and kind of looking to MediaTek Ventures to put together books of deals and you know what does that look like and you know we're we're at a we're at a place now. I mean, we've been bootstrapping this company for almost two years and we've got 15 employees now. Wow. And so it's... Guess my resume got lost. It's fine. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened to it. It smelled like beer, I think. <laughs> that, that, that's I can't, I can't 100%. Remember. I typed uh, it here. Yeah. yeah. In cram. Um, but no, in MediaTek Ventures is a, you know, a holdings corporation. Easiest way to think about it is just like any other holdings corporation. Alphabet Inc., Berkshire Hathaway, the difference is we focus on media technology. And instead of separating the verticals, we combine them all in one instead of, oh, it's the music industry or the film industry or the video game industry. It's, it's all media. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's a really big issue that a lot of people just can't or comprehend or refuse to for some weird reason. And there's a lot more to go around when you combine everybody's efforts. Instead of a multi-billion dollar vertical, it's a multi-trillion dollar world economy. So so that brings up, and we'll talk about this real quick, and then we'll we'll get to the I'll let it fly in the sky. Um, every time we actually focus on the movie, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my aviators because I, I play like a champion. Or when they're doing, especially during the volleyball scene, I will have my aviators on the whole time. But uh, in this in this multi-billion-dollar, trillion-dollar industry, so uh, David Holly, buddy of mine, I think you know David. Sure. I know Paul does. We we worked in this story um, on the on the economy. So, and I think this is interesting for you as well, Jay, because revenue re reoccurring revenue companies across yeah. the board, right? So, PE firms right now, especially middle America, middle hundred PE firms have about four hundred billion dollars to spend over the next seven years. And generally speaking, they've got to put it in somewhere, right? Right, where where there's reoccurring revenue or the opportunity for reoccurring revenue. And in that opportunity or in that idea is that they go after SaaS or they go after fintech. But I guess this opens the door for you guys, right? Do they go after also media if media can be, if media can show 
a sustained reoccurring revenue. And then in that, there's 1.3 trillion globally that PE firms have to spend in the next seven, and there's 400 billion that need to be spent in the next five. Right. So how do you, how do you move from the VC world of them having to understand the intricacies yep. to the PE world where they just want to see profit either tomorrow or profit already today and it's got a cyclical growth that'll put them seven years up on what they need to be so they can put 8x in and they're not talking to a unicorn they're talking to someone doing 10 million and giving you 80 or like WP engine they were doing 75 million and they got 283 right so right yeah so well I mean it, it, again like the if you 2015 statistic put out a report and what's really exciting is almost 51 I think it was all close to 52% of all venture capital investments media had something to do with in media technology. And wow. uh, so the, there, it's not slowing down. Media's already had an incredible quarter, first quarter going into Q2. And it, it's going to be a really big year for media. Uh, WPN is a great example. Spotify going IPO is another big one. Yep. Uh, and so it just really depends, right? I mean, we're, we're kind of right now focused on developing actual companies, right? I mean, we have a book of companies currently in our portfolio, but we have an incubator, we have an EDU platform mm -hmm. for people they can take boot camps and learn how to do post-production in film, or, you know, uh, they could do out photography and, and stuff with the creative class. Because, you know, and, and again, right, it kind of goes back to the gig economy. And one of the biggest things that we noticed was the venture capital, even though it made up almost 52% of all the investments in 2015, the creative class is raising exponentially where the working class and the services class are really plateauing right now and agriculture's gone to shit, right? So the what's what's really fascinating is the fact that there's still a gap in where the capital gets gets put. Yep. And it's not getting down to the gig economy. And the creative class makes up the majority of the gig economy. Think about it. Well, Jay, I, 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 I mean, want to add something in Yeah, add, yeah please, add something to that. And then I want to I talk about his agricultural comment because Mercury Fund, just someone at Mercury Fund just tripped over themselves and screamed fuck. <laughs> yeah, so I just had a conversation with a PE firm in Las Vegas just a few weeks back and they do something a little bit more progressive where they have a book of business of investments that they've rolled up and what they do is they look at acquisitions now that can either lower their cost to be able to run the rest of their portfolio or be able to monetize the rest of their portfolio in some sort of aggregate way. And one of the things awesome. that they've been doing is looking at media firms to cut the cost of advertisement yep. for all of their book portfolio, which yep. is a very smart, progressive move for that money. If you can buy four SaaS companies that do similar things but are in four different areas, and let's say two are doing really well profit-wise, but they're just in the wrong area, right? Right. They're not, they're not gonna, I mean, they're just in the wrong place. Doing great, but in the wrong place. Correct. Right. I'm gonna move you to St. Louis or Chicago, but I'm going to buy four at 500 million versus versus a VC firm that's put you know or an NEA has put 200 million into someone because they're a unicorn and they don't know when they're getting their money back. And you're like, no, I already bought four that are profitable. Right. I have enough money because I'm going to bundle you all together. Correct. So I'm going to have enough money to bring the strongest people through Chicago and buy them bulletproof vests and they're going to be safe. That's right. And then the other the middle management people that, that are pissed and don't don't want to leave Akron or don't want to leave Lincoln, Nebraska, you're like fuck, stay there, Akron. <laughs> poor poor Akron. Idaho. Idaho. Boise, but uh, no, but on the agriculture side, so two years ago, agriculture tech, dirty tech was a really big deal. It got a lot of money on the Series A and the sure. Angel Fund. 
but it doesn't grow past that because they don't need money past that. So there's a little bit of a misnomer there because they well, will get profitable faster. Well, let me, they let just me, don't get acquired. Let me rephrase that because it, it, it's, it's, the, it's the jobs in agriculture that are going down. Right? Okay, it's, the manual it's not jobs. the technology. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because, I mean, those warehouse, you know, uh, plants are popping up left and right where they do 5X yield a year, right? And it's all indoors and there's no pesticides and it's a controlled area, right? I mean, like, yeah, that's great and that's awesome. But... To, to, to build upon what you guys were just saying, some of the conversations we're having right now with media conglomerates is mitigating innovation risk, right? A lot of these companies yeah. don't want to invest in things internally because if it fails, it looks bad on their P&L. But if they team up with a company built like for, IGTV or, or C3, yep. Spotify, GSDNM, in, in, so what they want to do is what challenges are you having? What three technologies do you want to explore? We'll find the companies simple partnership agreement automatically demands some initial seed capital, right, to yep. build an MVP, we put them through the incubator, one of two things happen upon graduating. It's either an acquirer <laughs> and everybody wins, yeah. or no, that wasn't, you know, she looked a lot pretty before I started drinking, and yeah. then it gets weird and we just look like assholes. So it's no skin off their back at the end of the day. I think that's a really big conversation to have for media companies right now, similar to how Y Combinator does it for Target and for Walmart, right? And for some of the bigger aren't you, but Aren't you worried? Because the one thing about what like Black & Decker's doing with theirs investment, yep. what Target's done, they've stayed out of it. They have. Well, media, media, generally speaking, whether it's Time Warner or somebody else, right? Media generally doesn't stay out of it. They get their, because what they, what they see, this is where like Rogan talks about this the most, right? So R Rogan will be like, I will go to a show, a, a TV show, a taping of a friend's, and there'll be 50 people standing around. Like, how many people were standing around? How many people do you think it actually took extra to shoot this movie with the scenes of the fighter jets and everything else going on, all the military action, everything happening? How many people? God only knows, right? right? I mean, absolutely chaos. But how many people were actually working and doing something and getting a benefit? And how many were union and a job and nothing against unions, but someone with a job and just wants to, you know, they're just they're just kind of there, right? Yep. So when you look at a TV show, bring it back to media, you look at all this and you go, okay, you've got 30 people standing around to do this. You don't need all those people. You could shoot this with two iPhones and an editor and one person writing the script. And like Rogan, Rogan has the, the number one podcast in the world, 100 million downloads a month, and he's got Jamie Vernon. Right. That's all he's got. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder how you guys avoid media fucking up clean and simple media. Because they're going to kind of do it because they're built that way. Like that's why Spotify works, because they figured out how to take record labels and go, you, you done AA, Ron? You done fucked up. We got to move on. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it takes people to break shit to figure out what the fuck's next, right? And there's nothing but wrong the, with I that. Mean, and who, yeah, keeps who, breaking. I know, shit. I know. But who are we to say like that's bad? I mean, you know, I mean, clearly it got to a point where Joe Rogan was able to do that, and fantastic. I think that's incredible. And it had we not had a lot of people breaking shit and figuring it out. One of my favorite examples is YouTube. YouTube said we're just so big, we give zero fucks. Nobody's getting royalties for this shit. Everybody, everything is free. <laughs> yeah. Just come here and you can watch it at any point in time. And if you sue us, we're going to keep you in court for so fucking long. It'll break you. Exactly. It'll right? break you. And, yeah. but, but it took that for then legislation and like things to actually progress forward. Going back to the unions, that's a really big issue right now. Right? Huge. Hot topic, right? A lot of these 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 data standards and, and SAGs of the world, these very archaic 
associations and unions are more preventative than they are progressive. Yeah. Well, and we ran into that exactly. I was going to say, how, how do you guys deal with it? With, with fintech, especially, well, and let's not even go U.S. because it's a nightmare, but go to Mexico where Carlos Slim owns everybody but Minorte. Yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. It's my cousins. So <laughs> no, they, uh, we, we actually were in conversations for an acquisition uh, of part of our technology with a big publicly traded company. And we ran into what we call the, uh, one of our teammates, Petter, he calls them the antibodies of the company. Yeah. And this gentleman literally trashed our product and said it was baloney, that there was no way our product could scale above 10,000 transactions per second. Like, if we surpassed that. And, and you're like, said, I'm already doing 100,000 per second. Yeah. What are you talking about? Partly, I sent you the paperwork last week. Yeah. <laughs> but partly, I didn't read it. Part of it was because he, they spent some 30, 40 million dollars producing some engine that only scaled to 5,000 transactions per second and made it look bad. Jesus. And so a lot of that is job saving. A lot of that has to do with if they get rid of that product, that whole team gets pushed out. So that whole team is not going to want to re-innovate or take on some new risk that's going to put them out of a job. And you see this all over the industry. You see it in union. You see it in teaching. I mean, the yep. education, if you talk about a teacher that's not doing Ooh, that. Can I tell you, I had a, do so I had a great conversation, an amazing conversation with a friend of mine. We're, we're sitting down and we're talking about just adoption of technology and what technology looks like and how yeah, things yeah. happen. She's like, she's, uh, her name's Sabina. She runs a, an amazing PR firm. And I don't say amazing about PR a lot, as you, <laughs> yeah. Because I've been in PR for 23 years. There's, there's very <laughs> few people that actually do PR good. There's a lot of people that steal money. Right, and if you want to launder, no, if, oh my God, if stop, you're a drug stop, dealer, stop, if you're a like drug that. dealer and you want to launder Jesus. money, you get a PR firm. How, how do you think I feel about? I can't hear that. How do you think I feel about marketing, man? Marketing's um, even worse. Market marketing is 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 the uh, is the because at least with PR, like people that like uncles that go on Facebook and throw fifty dollars at a fucking ad, and suddenly they like yeah. start a business. And they try to like get all their friends' companies because now they're a professional fucking marketer. Yeah. At least with PR, when they hear that, they go, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, right. No, so no, they no. stay out of it. Yeah. Whereas marketing, my profession, anybody that just makes an ad, suddenly they're a fucking professional. And then I need to go in because I always I always have the same conversation with everybody. If you think it's expensive, hire a professional, hire a fucking amateur. Yeah, I mean, what I, what I love is what I want you to do, and what happened, and we've talked about this. I don't, I don't, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go down the road really quick. <laughs> People are like, Jason, I can't, I can't afford you, you're too expensive. I'm gonna hire Tammy here at $35,000 a year. I'm gonna, or I'm gonna hire Timmy over here at $35,000 a year. Nothing against Tammy's and Timmy's back. Yeah, no. Because if you're a Tammy or a Timmy, you're 25, that's just life. But uh, you're gonna do that, and then they're gonna call me and go, hey, at 250 bucks an hour, what can you do to help me so I can look good for my boss? Because the CMO here said, yeah, we should have hired Jay, we didn't, we got you, so now call him, and now you're just paying an extra 35,000 to someone. Right. Good for you. But Anyways, back, back to this whole thing about the systems breaking, right, or, or people trying to look good and taking care of themselves. I mean, you see that in Top Gun, of course, right? I of mean, course. Because, and here's the thing that I like, because the three of us here, the right, one of the reasons I, you guys haven't met, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you guys together, one of the cool things is, is that we are mavericks in what we do and how we think. Because we look at something, we, we, we are a rare bird. I, I sat on this guy Foster, River and Root. I got goosebumps because the guy is super intelligent. He's like, no, my words, like, I'm a speaker. This is what I do. I read people. I walk into a room. He goes, can I tell you something? I'm like, sure. He goes, you walk in and you just see things differently and it scares the shit out of people. And I was like, okay. He's like, no, but let, <laughs> but let me tell you why. What this, what, yeah. Dinner, I was like, yeah. I, was, I know. And I'm like, we're just having coffee. And I go, I can stay an extra hour if you want to tell me more nice things about me. But he was, no, but he was super nice and he was very, uh, he was, he was, 
But anyways, we're, we're chatting away about this stuff, and I'm like, you know, there's there's very few people that can look at financial services and go, you know what, if we do this differently, if we tweak this, if we do this, if we understand this, if I if I can take the what's the thing the numbers the, no the the Money. sexual toy that you had helped at first when you were first starting out yeah but I I don't we don't have to name it but um we were like no we don't. I mean, they're, they're doing a hundred million dollars a month and Visa and MasterCard won't touch them. And he's like, I can help you guys out. And they're like, no, you can't. And he goes, no, I can because I look at the problem differently. Right. I don't see a roadblock. I see a way around it. And it's not illegal in any way, shape or form. I'm not saying that we, we, we craft something differently that's shady. We're yeah, not, we don't need to call his uncle. No, but <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not calling Carlos. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But it's the same thing with you guys at Media Tech Ventures and you and marketing and just us having conversations off to the side and you and I having coffee and talking about things. We look at the world a hair differently. And when you look at the world a hair differently, you finally get to that conversation, that ilk of talking to VCs or talking to PE firms and they go, wait, hold on. Everyone told me no. Everyone right. said no to this. Like I talk with a VC firm, I'm a strategic consultant for them on communications. And they, I sit down with them like, this is a story. They're like, uh, they told us we really probably shouldn't write about this. And I said, no, no, CNBC, you're gonna talk to them tomorrow. You're gonna talk to Xconomy. Xconomy's gonna write it. CNBC, it's an intro. And they're like, okay. Like, hold on, wait, but the phone rang. We had a PR firm before and they told us the same thing and the phone never rang. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, because they actually, they just said they liked your words and they didn't know how to articulate your words. Right. So let's have some fun. And, let, and, and I just, you know, it's, it's always a fun thing when someone can look at a problem, when someone can look at media or someone can look at financial services, two areas that are really quagmires of life, right? They are, there's pitfalls sure. everywhere for everything. And you go, no, I'm gonna simplify this. And everyone goes, not, no, you're not. And you're like two years later, like, look, I've simplified it. I'm bringing it together. You're now five years, six years into? Yeah, the, six the, years. Six years, yeah, so six years in. Uh, it's an amazing thing. I, I wish we could, you know, so, you know, we'll bring it back to Top Gun, the, the $600 hammer, right? It's like, <laughs> how do we, how do, I, I want someone to try to simplify, I mean, I don't know we can't, but I'd like someone, and I say I know we, we can't just because no one's gonna give us a, a free look. But if you gave us a free look, we can simplify military spending. We can simplify a lot of things. No, absolutely you could. Yeah. Absolutely you could. I mean, a lot of that stuff is spent and all the simplification has to do with because somebody wants to make a bonus or somebody else wants to look good. Right. And I had a real big aha moment when I was two months, five months into building payment processing infrastructure. I found out that everybody was trying to protect their own heights and nobody really cared about making a radical change to the customer. Of course And not. so what I had to do was bring a lot of honesty to the conversations. And when you bring that honesty to conversations between people, so long as you're not intentionally doing it with ill will, of course, people will listen. And yeah. that honesty and transparency within the conversation will open doors. It will. It was 20 something years ago and Time Magazine called PayPal one of the worst technologies ever created. It would never make it. <laughs> I mean, first of all, good job, Time. Uh, you, you knocked out of the board. And not saying that media has to get it right every time. But now Ra PayPal, rarely do they, especially and, nowadays. Yeah. But now <laughs> PayPal is so big it can be its own economy. Yes. Like I look at what Bezos is doing, and I could be wrong, I'd like you guys' insight on this. Like a fractionalized military, but then there's one general. Yeah. I really see Bezos going, This is Ma Bell of nineteen eighty what I'm building. I'm $55 billion richer than anyone else in the world. Yeah. Someone's coming at me with a big hammer and they're gonna break me up. So what I'm doing is I'm buying Target and I'm, I'm making 
separate revenue stream. So I'm like, here's my media stream and it's this much money. Oh, you want to buy groceries? That's an extra $5. But there's my grocery stream then and that's this this revenue. Yep. And then, oh, you want to buy clothes and you just want to take them home and try them on? Zappos is like, we've been doing this fucking shit for how long? And yep. Bezos gets so much press for this. And he's like, all right, well, that's $2 more and here's my revenue stream for it. You know, you know, what, you know what I love about Alphabet Inc.'s like org chart is where companies that have an org chart, it's people, for mm-hmm. you know, various C-level executive yeah. positions. Those are just companies. Those are just companies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all multi-million, billion-dollar companies. I, 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 I salivate a little bit when I look at that chart. Yeah, I'm like, this is incredible. It's, it's, yeah. oh, it's, it's, it's yeah. crazy. But I mean, you can see Bezos building this to of get course. broken up. Well, you and, know, then, and then just be a board member to 15 different companies and make more money than he's making now. It's going to get to a point where Bezos just starts buying countries. And he's just like, you know what? I have nothing else to do. I'm worth over a trillion dollars. And I, you know what? South Africa, you're looking really good. I'm, I'm seeing Haiti. I, say, I, think, he buys, I think he buys <laughs> Haiti, Dominican Republic. He fixes it. Or maybe he buys Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico's the one to buy. Puerto Rico's the one to buy? That's the one to buy, I think. Because it's logistically at a very centerpiece between us and South America. Yeah. And it has a lot of strategical tactic um, value. I feel You know he's going to charge the military so much rent. Totally. (laughs) Taxpayer dollars right there all day long. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. I mean, I don't know why he hasn't made a Bezos land yet. If I had all his money, I would just make a Bezos. Richard Branson already has. Richard Branson has Necker Island. He's like, what? And then it got wiped out. He's like, I'll rebuild it in two years. I mean, a hurricane comes through, wipes out his fucking islands that he bought, and for the first time in like 400 years, no one's lived on these islands. He goes, don't worry about it, we're back. <laughs> and it's better. Yep. Because he's got that much money. Yep. yep. You know, going back to the companies, sorry guys. Yeah, yeah, no, please. Back, no, you were you talking about the whole Bezos buying up all these independent sectors. Yes. I literally just watched on Monday a Bloomberg Post live feed and they were talking about you're going to start seeing these companies where they've never acquired in their market space before starting to buy out of their market space just to diversify of their course. reach. Yeah. Because they feel they Why can't the fuck survive not? the economy. They can hire the, the best person in the fucking world that knows everything about that. Yep. They buy that entire book of business and then they just have that person run it. <laughs> yeah. And they go, have a nice day. I mean, I, I, the only thing that makes Carla, and I believe, by the way, I, I firmly believe this. And you, if I'm wrong, by all means, check me at the gate. You know, you know I don't mind being checked. We're going to be wrong. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm wrong so much. I, I do I'm, not mind being wrong. No, yeah, I think that's, I think there's something to be said about that, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is why Top Gun, for if you're an entrepreneur, incredible movie to watch. Incredible. Because he does the ballsiest, craziest thing. Fucking things. A. I mean, confidence. It's like a movie of like just pure testosterone and confidence. confidence. Kelly McGillis. <laughs> Didn't age well, but he my got her crush. and then he left her. My first crush. Your first my crush? First crush. Absolutely. Nice. Do you know that when I was 15 years of age, I bought the ninja that Tom Cruise drives on in this movie because of this movie? Are, Are you serious? serious? My first That's awesome. Cycle. I read it 15, 20 times. And but, you're in no road rush. You're just I, like, no, I'm alive. Jack me up pretty bad. My oh, mom damn. wanted to kill me because of that thing, but it was awesome. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, every time I drove it, I felt like Maverick. That's awesome. Oh, just, That's great. Just sweaty jeans and a leather jacket. You're like, well, I'll play volleyball. I don't know. Really yeah. jeans. I thought you were going to talk about the Playboy that she was in. Oh. Nah, but that, you know, that's that, was, that, was, that wasn't Playboy's most shining moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was, it was a lot of... There's a lot of... I mean, you know, but it, it, the funny thing is, is Tom Cruise minus some extra muscle looks about the same. 
He really does. Uh, now, Val I mean, Kilmer, on the other hand. Val Kilmer also. Val Kilmer and Kelly Nicholas, uh, I think they age the same. I think they are the same person. Yeah. If there's, an, if there's a conspiracy where people can morph together, they just ate each other up, morphed together, and became an actor that is really can do about it. I think it's because they didn't go to Scientology. Yeah. If there's one case for Scientology, it's we don't age. We, I Tra Travolta, Tra Travolta doesn't age. Nope. His wife doesn't age, nope. right? Tom I Cruise. Mean, Tom I was going to make a horrible joke, and I'm not going. What? It's <laughs> wrong. It's with too me. late now. It's too late it's now. Too late now. I was like, Will Smith. Yeah, is Will Smith in Scientology? Yeah. Tell you what, don't let your kids age. Just ask. Just ask our little friends over there. One of their kids started to get old, and guess what? Died. Just happens. You know, the other funny thing with Top, with Top Gun is that the first time I was in the service, my friends and I, they cut us loose for a weekend trip, and we pulled the Top Gun bar episode where you jump up there and you no. see straight up in a karaoke bar, we were stationed in Germany, and we straight up pulled the karaoke scene off Top Gun. Did one of you get laid, or did all of you? I didn't get laid, no. But Germans don't like funny people, sir. No, they don't. <laughs> in fact, it ended up pretty bad. We all ended up in a fight and had to leave the bar. But oh, well. It was awesome. It was awesome to pull it off. It was probably one of the best memories I have with my old group. That's what, awesome. uh, now, what, what, uh, what branch service were you in? Uh, I was in the Army. Army. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I always like to bring it up just because it's, it's one of my proudest moments of this. I had Tim Kennedy as a guest. And he's the man. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was wearing black because I knew I was going to sweat and be nervous. <laughs> it, would, it would be like, you know, if, if, there, was, if, there, was a Tim, if there was if there was a Tim Kennedy of flying jets and we got to watch, we had we to talk with that person during Top Gun, right? And Tim and I did Spies Like Us. And it's like, here's a person, but we did it on an airplane. And they're like, all right, here we go. This is gonna. I would be. This person can do anything with the plan they want to. It's like Tim doesn't kill you with you with his pinky. He kills you with your pinky. <laughs> I mean, he's a green he beret. Your pinky. He can just look at you and you die. He's a green beret. He's an army ranger. He did Sears training. He's like Jason. I just want to let you know, if anyone's been tortured, it's been me for my military training. And I was like, oh, do tell. He's like, well, I can only tell you a couple things. I don't want to give away our secrets, but we're tough as nails. I was like, hmm, do tell again. He's like, well, I was beaten with phone books for 12 hours, and then they made me uh, dip my balls in a lake where they uh, cut a hole out to the ice. And if I started to bring my balls out of the ice, they would hit me with phone books again. They did that for another six. That's all I can tell you. Does like, he have so, kids? Yeah. Does he have pigs? No, no kids. kids. Oh. <laughs> he has both. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. That's, that's where dick pic came from. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And, and this is the one where, the, yeah, no, he's and so he's like, he goes, yeah, that's why I don't believe waterboard is torture. <laughs> I was like, I have to agree with him on that. Uh, and I go, okay, um, you want to elaborate? Is it is it because of thread count? And I try to make a joke. And he goes, Jason, that's actually a very good point. If the thread count's not big enough, uh, they'll actually just pour off and they won't care and they'll laugh at you. If it's too thick, you could hurt someone and they could choke or suffocate. I'm like, all of a sudden, like he cares for a moment how he's garnering the information. Like, he really doesn't want to hurt the person, right? It's almost like putting someone in a haunted house and just scaring the shit out of them for unbeknownst amounts of time, right? It's like, how much longer am I getting scared for? <laughs> and Tim's like, all I want to do is scare them until they give me the information. I don't want to harm them. But he was really, he, like I put it as a joke because there was some dumb 
fucking, you know, Denzel Washington movie. He's like, guys, fix the thread count on this, or you're not going to work. And I forget what movie it is, so I just say it once. He's like, that's actually a good point. And I'm just like, all of a sudden, the army is like shopping at Bed Bath and Beyond. They're going to go get, get someone with the waterboard. Like, these people don't have the right thread count. That's right. This is a problem. <laughs> Who ordered these? Who ordered these? What is happening? What the hell is going on? You know, you know those guys, I got to give them all the respect, man, because those Green Berets, those dudes are just hard as nails. He's right. Their training is superb. And they literally walk on water. I so, mean, you know, I mean, I, I got to. I'm sorry. I agree with you, but. I just you don't, don't believe they shop at Bed Bath and Beyond. I just don't understand. <laughs> I just don't understand. You know what the fuck are you trying to teach me by me putting my balls in a frozen lake? And if I raise my balls out of the water, you hit me with a. Oh, I can tell you. Up. I can tell you. I can tell you. So Tim said the difference is is that when you're captured by when the Americans captured you, no matter where you rank and the where, where you are, right? We put you in a cell. We give you some clothes. We give you food. That and then we waterboard you. Yeah, well, we, we might waterboard you. We're going to ask you some <laughs> questions. We're gonna, uh, yes, please. We're going we're gonna to do all this stuff. He goes, he goes, they're taking drills, and they're drilling through my fingernails. Like, the, ar the army oh, is setting me fuck. up. The army is setting me up for the worst thing ever. Yeah. Because I need to be able to handle something that I can't foresee. Right. Like, I need to think at some point in time, that my Some of the friends worst are dying. Shit ever is gonna like, happen. To they say Sears training over the over the I think it's like the third week or whatever it is that they that they put you in the concentration camp and by six hours in you believe you're in one. They've mind fucked you so hard that you believe you're in one. Wow. Like I think like this is the difference between Top Gun and real military, right? Is these guys are flying around, they're fucking chicks. Like what's up? They're riding cool <laughs> motorcycles. They're looking good. They're looking yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Val Kilmer's chewing gum like a fucking rock and star. He's like three hundred pounds less than what he weighs now. Yeah. I mean, Maverick's slamming on the brakes. They're they're, they're flying fifty million dollar jets at Mach one. And you know what? I'm gonna add to that. When they get deployed in real life, they get air conditioning units while the rest of us have to sleep on the damn ground. Oh, no Tim, shit. Tim yeah. would tell me he would joke around and be like, "Hey, Jay. Uh, he goes, if you want to go to Niger." I go, I want to go to Niger. He's like, you know, I'm going to Niger. <laughs> I was like, okay. He goes, but if you do, this is the flight you take. And you fly, you know, business or first class, whatever. He goes, this is the flight I take. I go from here to Atlanta, from Atlanta to D.C., D.C. to England, England to France. No, 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 He goes, it takes me, it takes you 14 hours. It takes me 37 hours to, to go kill terrorists. I was like, that seems, he goes, the army ruins everything you like. You want to do serious training? Oh, you like to scuba dive? Great. I'm going to put you underwater in a lake in the middle of the night, and you're going to be there, and then four guys are going to come. They're going to cut your cords. They're going to rip your masks off, and they're going to try to fucking drown you. True story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and he, goes, he goes, so do you like scuba diving? He goes, do you like parachuting? I'm going to like you drop in a forest. I'm like, Jesus, dude, what? He goes, it takes a special person. He goes, this is why it's harder to get in the military than it is to get in college. Yes, that's true too. And that's true. That's a, that's a crazy thing to think about. It's harder to get in the military than it is to get into college. I, I mean, there's, I, I, I would agree with that. And, and I'm 100% behind that because I, I can't myself, I no fucking way, like, I can't even fathom doing any of that shit, let alone imagining other people going through that, which they do, and that's just incredible. 
and, and I didn't watch it. And the thing is, I didn't even go to college, so like I failed on both <laughs> accounts. So it's just like you know, I just got really high and played music and traveled the country in a van with my friends, and it worked out pretty well for me. So I'm I mean, but I'm but I think it takes a special person. It works out for everybody differently. I, I, right. the, the beautiful thing is, so you've got college, no college, college, military. And you see the difference. No, sure. I never I mean, went to college either. Oh, I thought you went to college nope. as well. Never did it either. So, so then we've got college, no college, no military. College. Yep. So we really have three different things. Yep. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank right. you. You no, see it? I got in trouble. Yeah. I got in a bunch of trouble, and I had to go to the military. Cheers. And this was before 9/11, so the rules were different back then. The rules. Cheers. The rules. Cheers, so gentlemen. Cheers. Rules changed yeah. a lot. Oh, oh, there it is. There it you is. You was gonna have so little spikes. Like it. That's reaction time. You could have been in the military. Yeah. At least, at least, <laughs> at least a fighter pilot, sir. That was extremely anticipatory, though. I, you know. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it was the best time I ever had in my life. It still yeah. is, and it's not only the best time. And I love my team and the people I work with. And this is nothing against them, but um, the professional levels when it's game on and you put your game face on in the military. Yep. I mean, the extraordinary level that. The military folks can operate at is something that you will never find as a civilian. Oh, dude, it makes, it makes all the hair like stand it up. Does. You know what I mean? It's just like yes. Execution like we're gonna go. Is, we're gonna fucking. We're gonna. We're gonna own this shit. I mean, think of think of the Amazon. I can FedEx you a package overnight. Nowadays, the military can FedEx a strike overnight. You know, they'll yeah. straight up FedEx, Navy SEAL, Green Berets, Rangers across the world and go pick somebody up. Or apparently, apparently 37 hours. Or 37 hours coach. sometimes. Just <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think that might have to do more. Well, in Benghazi's case, not even that many. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Oh, man. So um, whether it's, whether it, let's, let's, let's well, we're going to bring this back to Top Gun, on the, on the, but less military talk, more boss talk. Um, have you ever had an, an Iceman in your life, a guy? He's not only is he an arrogant prick, but he's always just a little bit better. He's not he's not more instinctive than you. He can't read a room. But he can do square root in his head, right? I mean he can do the math in his head. But he does like it's like the, you know, I would almost take it to a um, to uh, the, the guy who founded Apple, right? You know, you, you look at him, he couldn't read a room. He couldn't he couldn't intelligently dissect people. Wozniak or Jobs? Jobs. Okay. Wozniak was more of the people person. He got more. They of the were yeah. They were very complementary. Yeah. Opposites attract kind of a relationship. But Jobs couldn't read a room. He couldn't read a person. He couldn't have a he couldn't have a relationship. But he knew touch, style, and delivery, and he knew right. excellence. Who's True. that? Who's that person for you guys? That or was that person that probably made you better? Where? You've all of a sudden, whether it was music for you, or maybe it was the military, or, or, or first time job, or whatever it was, that went, oh no. I mean, you're better at me than all this stuff. I'll never let you know it. I'll snap my gum in your face, and I'll do everything to perfection and execution. I'll, 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 I'll put the periods, I'll, I'll cross the T's, I'll dot the I's, and you're gonna miss one T crossing, and I'm gonna point it out every fucking time. Mm -hmm. For me, it was in the military. I've never ran yeah. into it in the civilian world. And in the military, it was because I used to think I was hot shit, and my <laughs> physical fitness scores were through the roof. Okay. And so there wasn't a lot of people around me that could outrun me, out push up me, or out do a lot of stuff around me, except a couple of guys. And one of them was my platoon sergeant, Sergeant Rasdell, and he was an old crusty fucker too. And this guy could run like the wind. And when I say run like the wind, I am telling you, he was six four. He probably he had a beer belly. He he weighed double I weighed, and I couldn't catch him. Holy shit. And we're talking running five 50-minute miles at 15 miles. 
and I couldn't catch him. Wow. And wow. he put a rucksack on him. There was another guy, my Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major Calandris. And Sergeant Major was, I mean, he looked 55. He was probably 45. He put 50 pounds of gear on him, and none of us could catch him on a 26-mile foot march. None of us could catch him. He could run the entire foot march. Damn. And their excellence to perfection of just paying attention to the details was unsurpassing. Sure. When you do close quarter combat, you, you're firing, your your level of, of of suppression. I mean, these guys were tip of the spear, and they were some of the most professional operators I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And um, I, I so you know what's funny is like my my story is so much less awesome than that. <laughs> like, that there's a guy with a ukulele. Well, it, it's funny you say that. So it's, it's actually one of, it's, he's still one of my best friends. I've, I've known him my whole life. We ran away to New York together when we were really young for, for a while and uh, played music and got high with our friends. But um, the, it was, I consider him a brother. We picked up our instruments together actually when we first started playing. But he was such a neurotic uh, perfectionist that anything I ever played or performed, he's like, eh, you know, like we should do something different. But yep. he, you know, same age as me, you know, one of my best friends, and actually forced me to learn how to play every instrument I can get my hands on, forced me to learn how to record and how to, how to make every instrument sound a particular way and use things that traditionalist musicians don't typically use for the sake of getting sounds out of things. And so over probably a five year period, I recorded 400 songs. Yeah. And it was just, you know, just wow. getting, just crank it, crank it, crank it, crank it. Cause it's like, eh, it's okay. Eh, I don't know. And you know, if the guitar was a little bit different. And so, you know, it eventually just got to the point where I was just like, you know what, fuck you. Because <laughs> I noticed now that I'm a way better musician than you'll ever be. So I'm gonna go do my own thing. <laughs> And you know you have fun being you and criticizing. You'll be a little more work. experimental. Yeah. One thing one thing I've learned now as a professional is that nowadays to get better, it's not about what I can do. It's about those that are around me. Yeah. My team now for payment approved. I am the dumbest person on the team. I am the guy that which is, is the, the best. Worst. And everybody. You always want to be the dumbest person in the room. But well, what about you? Who's who's that person for you? Man, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll bring it real close uh, and give some some honest respect to uh, my buddy Bobby, who helped you know create this podcast. Uh, in the fact that we have like a couple of nice mics because Bobby has a couple extra mics, and he goes, "You listen to it." And he goes, "Your sound is fucked. Bring your soundboard over. <laughs> you know, redo this. Borrow these mics. Do this. Do that. Do the other." And Bobby was just real direct and honest with me, just like Jason. I love you, man. You're great, but you're not great. Like, what do you mean? He goes, the concept is awesome, but you have to like, let me walk into Dirty Bills with you and show you where to sit differently. Of course they're gonna play that fucking game right now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just gonna make some noise. I'm gonna make some noise. I'm just gonna bowl. There's some bowling out of bowling alley, by the way, if you're wondering. Yeah, we're in a, we're in a bowling alley. But, uh, but he did that, like right now, this is gonna drive Bobby absolutely nuts. Like we did that podcast and um, I was doing something and he was just like, oh, you know, whatever. I heard there was a couple glitches, and it was a power surge through my computer that when I was loading it up, he went, mm. and he calls me, he's like, there's two glitches, they're this mark, this mark, you can note them here, I sent you a color of the text about, about changes, so just do this, blah, blah, blah. He's like, why do you want, want me to help you edit those? And I was like, no, I, th I think we're good, bro. <laughs> but then I go in, then I go home, I'm driving home, I'm like, fuck. I mean, 
he lets me use his mics, lets me use his studio when I need to, he lets me do all this stuff, and he's so nice. I'm not, I'm not doing this, no. Like, I'm not have, being a part of this. I'm gonna be better. And he really, I mean, he's just so smart, he drives me to be that much better, drives right. me to do something that much differently. So it's more, I mean, I, I, and there's a couple other people like that. Uh, my buddy, Anthony Shea, I call him my buddy, he's not for me. He founded Home Loan Center. He's now the CEO and founder of Home Depot. Volleyball. Volleyball. Aviators. 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 Hold on, folks. Let's just put these on. Hold the phone. And now we're back. There we go. Let's talk about volleyball real quick in jeans. And, uh, <laughs> and a little medical condition called junk. Yeah, no kidding. I, you know what? I, I'm too short to play volleyball. I love sand volleyball. I play it all the time. But... And by all the time, I mean like every, you know, maybe once a year when I actually get the chance to do it. Uh, for those of you that, are, you know, needed some reference there. But, you know, I, I just, I've never been tall enough to like be at the, be right by the net and jump up and actually block anything. It just all, automatically goes over my head. I Nobody can tell you that, that right now I've seen this movie so many times that the, the soundtrack is playing in my mind as they're jumping around. Well, there is a highway to the danger zone. <laughs> <That's laughs> and, uh, and that highway is, is through... Is through Goose and Maverick because they are, I mean, the, the whole, it's just, it's awful volleyball, too. No, it's, it's awful. I mean, like, Tom Cruise can't jump I, that high. I'm very curious how many times they had to shoot that scene. I, w I would love to know that. You know, how many times, like, God, quit hitting it in the fucking net. You're supposed to hit it over the net. Like, yeah. I'm very curious how many times they had to do that. And then he just, all sweaty, sand all over him. I think that's the more important thing, is there's sand everywhere. And blue jeans. And blue jeans. Yeah. And he's, he actually legitimately sweats. Like, he puts that shirt on and gets wet, and then he puts that jacket on. Now, you drove the motor. You drove the motorcycle. He, he does. Yeah, that exact motorcycle right there. Literally. Do you need a jacket? Right ask her. Do you need a jacket to, to ride that motorcycle? You know what? If you put the jacket on, you're going to have overheat, and it's probably going to catch so much air, it's going to blow you off the bike. See? But if you wipe out and you don't have that jacket, you'll lose a shoulder. Yeah. I literally might have to stop this podcast for uh, I, I literally might have to go over there and stop them. <laughs> I mean, seriously, hold on. We're going to pause for real quick, guys, yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's bowling happening, and we'll just catch right back up to the movie. Although, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the sex scene that we saw with our parents. <laughs> hold on. And uh, we're back. And we're back right at the sex scene. So we missed a couple of things, right? We flirted. <laughs> we flirted. He drove away. He you know, I was like, that's my boss, but it's not my boss. Boom, boom, boom. Bam, bam, bam. More importantly, you, we all, I think, were at the age where we saw this with our parents. Yes, I absolutely saw it with my mom. Whoa. So watching a, a, a little person like Tom have sex with a full-grown Roman like Kelly Miguelis, that's, a, that's an awkward thing, I think, for everyone. Well, you know what's funny is because he was probably humping her belly button. For sure. And, but it, it, it's made it seem like, you know, you, your, your head's got to be close to one another. You know, like, otherwise, he would have been under the yeah. sheets and she would have been like, oh, He'd have been Tom, making like, out with her belly button. Exa exactly, exactly. And if it's an Audi, that gets super weird. It does get really weird. You know, you want to hear a weird thing is? is that no. Almost every woman I've ever dated almost looked like her. Really? Yes. Did she have that big of an impact on your life? Maybe. Maybe maybe the sex scene watching it with my mother scarred me as a child, and that's where we ended up. I mean, I think it scarred a lot of people, and I think it really really made some people go a bit crazy. It would have really scarred her, though, if you filmed the sex scene with the person that looked like her and then showed your mom, like, hey, check out what I made. 
Yeah. That was awkward. That was awkward. <laughs> that was awkward. Um, the, the awkward moments that they have. Have you ever had sex with a superior? I mean, superior, like a, a boss or someone. Like a teacher? Oh, sure, a teacher. Um, I don't know. What do you want to, whatever. I, I never had one. No? Uh, yes. Yes. No, me too, yes. It always makes it awkward. It always makes it a little interesting, right? Uh, the next no, day. No, it, it made it great because uh, when we would open up yeah. the store, everybody won. Everybody won. Yeah. You opened and closed. With, That's right. With hilarity. Um, how did that, how, well, did you marry that person? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that answers that question. <laughs> you can fuck your boss, but it never works out. Right, absolutely. absolutely. Ever. See, I, never, I never did any of that because, you know, once you get a girlfriend and you marry somebody, they're the boss. You can't have a boss there and a boss at home. That's not going to work out. So. I don't like, I don't understand the person that does that. Yeah, you know, they're going out there like, I want to serve two masters. I want to prove that I can do it. Okay, calm down, A. And B, seriously? Like, that's an awful, awful experience. Yeah, it just seems like a lot. It's Way like, too much. I've got, a, I got a, lot, a lot of other shit I need to do rather than serve a couple, couple bosses. If you could fly a jet, would you? Like, Fuck yeah. The thing is, is that somebody let me behind one of those things. I'd probably, this is awesome. And then like, all of a sudden I hit a mountain and I blow up. But I think to myself, this is awesome. What a, what a way to go! Right? <laughs> like, how did John die? Oh, he flew a jet into a fucking mountain. I'm going, okay going at what market? What market are you going? Yeah, uh, Mach three, dude. Like, I've, are I've you trying? Mach three. Are you gonna go? Are you gonna go like balls deep when you have the Top Gun on Nintendo and think I might have enough missiles where I can shoot this mountaintop <laughs> off and just keep going? <laughs> <laughs> do, I, do I have enough tomahawks? I played Star Fox. I got this. I got this. Come yeah. on. <laughs> she would not happen in Blue, oh, Blue Falcon, that's for sure. That's or Blue incredible. Thunder. Blue Thunder, that, that, that helicopter had some material. You know, I don't even understand how Tom Cruise is flying that thing. Because if I remember reading it somewhere, the Tomcat has a height requirement for the fucker to fly. It does. And it's over 5'2". It is over 5'2". It's over 5'2". I don't know what Tom is, but he's not over 5'2". He probably took some of those phone books that the military was getting beat with and he's sitting on them. He's just sitting on them, hanging out? I kind of like that. Scientology may have stretched him. Another one of the advances that Scientology has that other other ones don't have. They've stretched the truth. (laughs) (laughs) They've stretched John John Travolta's career. And they've stretched Tom Cruise. It's amazing what they can do. It with really Scientology. is though, because then like I forget what her what her face is that came out with the show that was like debunking all of science. Oh, uh, Rhea Perlman, not Rhea Perlman. That's um, geez, sorry, that's not nice. That's, that's not nice to either one because one was a great actress from Cheers, yeah. and another one has a weird voice, but she was stuck in Scientology, so I blame them for that. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, I Rhea Lemmy. Yes, Lemmy Rhea Rhea, something like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my wife really liked that show, and it was just interesting to watch. Uh, because it really is multi-level marketing. It is. At, at its finest. And it's incredible. But, you know, it... Uh, have you, if either one of you, I mean, you already do. I don't know why I'm asking either I haven't. You ever rock the mustache? Goose style? <laughs> Never have. Never I'm have. Native American, so I don't even grow hair. I don't even <laughs> have chest I, I, I full head of hair, I sir. How dare you? I just don't even have chest hair. Wow! Yeah, holy shit! I'm like a naked mole rat. You're you're a pu- you're a pubeless wonder. Yes, yes. I tried to grow a beard one time, thinking I would be a man. No. No. See, I can't I grow. I can't grow a beard though, because like, I can't. 
It's like right above. I whenever whenever I grow facial hair, it kind of comes in like a gladiator helmet, like yeah. outline of it. But I can grow a mustache, and so it kind of looks like a trash dash right now, which is what it is. And again, I get zero fucks. Uh, so it'll 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 come in nicely over the next couple of weeks, and everybody wins. Nice. I don't. I can't. I I look like a guy who drives a van with, with no windows. I well, I mean, you got the aviators. Yeah, you got, got the, the trucker hat. Got the trucker hat, and then <laughs> my my hair is just like for some reason the lip hair is just a really light blonde, and then it goes into red. And well, we have kids, so gray. It just goes in like there's so much fucking gray. And my daughter just points out and she goes, "Those are Harper hairs." And I'm like, "No, 100% kid, you created all the gray hairs <laughs> on my head." On my face, you did everything. You know what I noticed? The gray hairs coming in just recently, and I think, good hell, what is going on with the gray hairs coming in these days? And it's kids. It's kids. Uh, another question: Two men hanging around, with a towel wrapped around their waist. Uh, I've had a lot of conversation with friends in the locker room. I've always been dressed. I just saw the fact that it said like fire weapons. Just got fire weapons, and then you guys can't see it, but Tom Cruise has got his leg up like this, and he's yeah. talking, and he's just talking to his buddy in a towel. It seems less than appropriate when your friend is sitting down and your leg is up and you're leaning forward in an aggressive posture talking to your co-pilot. I, I think it's an aggressive tactic. I think that was a position of dominance. But it's like, no. right, you know what? You, you can, in your peripherals, look at my balls right now. You know what? I'm owning this conversation I'm, and I'm owning you. I mean, he is the lead pilot. He is. Uh, now we are... Um, We've got we've got Goose. He's playing Great Balls of Fire. Uh, Meg Ryan, "Take Me Home or Lose Me Forever." One of the great lines. Not the best hairdo. I still sing this song at breakfast. Dude, it's a great song. Yeah, it's a great song. I just Meg Ryan and Angel's Wonder. Still, she. I, in fact, I would argue she looks better today than she did in this movie. She has. She must be part of Scientology. I would hope so. I would. I would hope so. <laughs> she has an aged bit. Why not? Not a bit. a bit. And I always wonder: Did Maverick cheat and go out with Deuce's wife on this movie? Well, because they're always hanging. He's got his arm around her a lot. Yeah, they're, they're always so hanging they're out. Not, they're fairly close. Yeah, a lot of contact. Close quarter contact here. They are. They've got their son there, which is weird. If that's their son, I think it is their son. He's got a, a little big like, cowboy looks a little hat. Like Maverick. He looks a lot like Maverick. Poor Goose. And then you got Kelly with her hair, and she's like, "Don't you wish your hair was longer, Meg?" She's like, "I like this helmet." <laughs> not that I should be, not that I should be commenting on women's fashion in any way, shape, or form. This is purely this is speculative. Per, purely just me being me, for sure. Hey, you know, to be honest with you, her accent in this movie was horrible. Not good. Take me home or lose me forever. Look, I'm Southern. Woo! Goose! You motherfucker! I can see it right now, her yelling at him. Yep. Yep. I'm all, I'm ready to go home, baby! And he's just playing the song, and they're like, we're gonna make another one of you. Don't you worry. What other movies did Goose come out in? I, I don't know many other movies except this one. Well, he died. Oh. In this movie. Yes. Which clearly ended his career. <laughs> oh, clearly, clearly yeah. ended his career. That's why the Mission Impossible movies. Because like, like, never, never dies. Die. Yeah. Now, how many girls did you get with that motorcycle? You know what? I'm not going to lie. It did pull the girls. Yeah. So, so I've had six motorcycles in my whole life. I wrecked every one of them. And uh, I would still say that my favorite motorcycle was this one. 
You really? So hold on a second. Because <laughs> I it sounds like you're an excellent driver. I was going to say, there was a statistic before, I believe it was this, this was your first motorcycle. It was my first one. And there was like 16 or 20 accidents. And then you had five after that, and you wrecked all of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm no insurance company or, you know, your spouse. Well, they love these stats. Insurance your companies family, love these stats. But, like, fucking A. Like, yeah. Was, guys, was there ever a point in time, maybe crash, I don't know, 23, where you were like, you know, maybe four wheels in, like, a car and... Yeah. <laughs> See, it might, might, might work a little bit better for me. Well, you know, I've also, you know, wrecked, like I've doors. also totaled eight yeah. cars in my adult life. Jesus. What is your insurance like? <laughs> That's I was going to say. A lot of like a second mortgage. I've got a, a DUI, and they're like, don't worry, you're not Jason Montoya, are you? I'm like, no, I'm Jason Jeffs. I'm like, oh, Jesus. We're good. <laughs> hey, if an insurance company is on here, uh, I'm lying. Yeah. Um, I've had nine, not eight. <laughs> no, okay, so on a serious note with... Full honesty on this one. Oh, please. I actually have wrecked that many cars outside. Only one has been my fault out of all of those. And the motorcycles, I wrecked all of those. Some at racetracks, some because I was just cruising a corner too fast and you wipe out. They, the bike's just total. They're fragile. They're right, yeah. Yeah, so, but by, by the way, guess what's more fragile? The meat suit that you rock yeah. with your brain. Yeah. Like, that's way more fragile. Right? Yeah. Uh, don't try us at home. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, he's got one leg longer than the other, which is why he's joining Scientology. He's just hoping they even out. I got, I got a bad hip, a bad soldier, a bad shoulder, and I can hear barely out of one ear. It's fine. It's, it's, it's fine. I blame the can motorcycle. Can we get Scientology as like a, you know, a sponsor? If we could get them as a sponsor, I think that would be incredible. And speaking of movies, you know what that reminds me of? Yeah, because they things. want me. They want I, I, my voice. I'm just saying in general... Can we? I, I almost want to make a bet with another marketing agency that we can come up with something to get Scientology as a sponsor of a thing. What? What is a better? What is a better sign? What is a better sponsor for an aggressively forward, you know, or vulgar, whatever you want to call this podcast, podcast, or any other podcast, or any other media outlet for that venture that allows sponsorships? Is it the Assembly of God with the tambourines and the speaking in tongues? Or is it Scientology? Scientology. <laughs> Jason's like, absolutely. He's like, uh, listen, man, I have some family that's Catholic, that's pretty close to Christianity. Um, we're going to go with Scientology. We're going to Scientology. We're going to go with Scientology. We're not, we're not fucking with men in dresses, okay? In weird hats. Yeah. That, have, that, that believe in peace but drive a bulletproof car because God will not protect them, but it's okay. Is that a weird thing if you're a Catholic that the Pope Mobile is bulletproof? Yet, he's just like, I mean, if you're the Pope and you're protected by God and you're ordained by God, drive your car. Like, Jesus didn't have a bulletproof mule. He was just hanging out. Yeah, we see what that led to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. oh, you better keep that bulletproof car. <laughs> 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 and get a real American car underneath you. By, by, you know, like, like, listen. By the way, cool. Trump, Trump couldn't be more bulletproof. Oh, you guys Jesus. can come over if you want to. No, it wouldn't be that far away. The, uh, I, you know, the, oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, I know. We're, we're totally offensive, but come over, look at that. You guys are both wearing hats. Come over, look at these hats. Yes, we have hats. We have some hats. Montucky is sponsoring us. We're, uh, so this is Talking During Movies. There's some people walking up, folks, in case you're wondering. Talking During Movies, we're talking over Top Gun. Goose just died. Someone get this lady a tissue. Oh, She's going to cry. Actually, get your man a tissue. He's going to cry. You're like, what happened? You're, you're 19. He is in his 
early 30s. I'm glad you snuck her in. Gentleman the scholar. He remembers that he remembers this movie. She's like, what happened? Yeah. My dad, my dad, is this Iron Eagle? No, Goose is dead now. This is a sad moment. I couldn't believe Goose died the first time I saw this movie. I know. Do y'all want new beers? We are golden. Thank you so much. You're very, it's very kind of you. Thank you, you too. Yes, thank you. And by the way, when you guys spend money uh, today here, it's going to help uh, stop Alzheimer's. We're doing a little uh, drinking for a cause. So Drinking for causes. Thanks for coming in, you guys. It's very sweet of you. Some people drink to forget. We, we drink to fund research. Yeah, so that we at least know why we forgot. You know, I just always needed a reason for my, my alcoholism. You know, it's... Have, you, um, have you lost ever lost someone close? Not that we're going to get on misty eye, but I'm well, because I, I always get misty eye. A lot of people, especially yeah. playing music professionally. Yeah, uh, you it's, know, it's it's yeah, uh, a lot. Jay, I mean uh, military. Yeah, I've got to assume yes. All around. All around though. I recently, yeah. I recently just literally lost an old high school buddy of mine to suicide, and a cousin of mine to suicide. Damn. And I thought, what the hell is going on? Why people kill themselves? I'm not that old. They're my age. It's not that. I mean, there's. I think there's a. There's a lot going on in this world, and it. Um, unfortunately, it. I, I think the bigger problem is it's twofold, and it's you know, and I've I've lost some friends to, to suicide, and I've done some other you know I've. Uh, I've seen it happen, and I, I think that the, the bigger issue is not the the suicide as, as it is the the things around it. Um, you know, I always say, you call your strongest friend. You call them and you ask them how they're doing. Yeah. And you don't take no for an answer or bullshit for an answer. You, you bust their chops a little bit. You make sure they're okay. Uh, you know, there is, there's a lot more to it than, than just someone taking their life. There just is. And unfortunately, it's probably happened for a long time and you're raised in a household like mine where you're like, hey, mom, like, I mean, I'm really bothered by this, and I think about this. She's like, well, if you do that, you go to hell, so just don't do it. All right, you good? <laughs> All right, so we're not going to talk about this again. Yeah, pretty much. Because, be, yeah. because uh, Jesus is just going to he's, he's gonna put you in hell if you do this. So you know, just don't it do got it. to a point, though, where there were so many things in, in, in Catholicism that, you know, uh, automatically stamped you as this rotten being, and you went straight to hell. I, one, I remember one day I just told my mom, I was like, you know, Everybody that I know, based off of these credentials that are going to hell, we're gonna have a great time. Like, I, I just, yeah, it's just it's there's just a lot of really incredible people based off of those credentials to you know go upstairs. It's gonna be great. Um, and uh, she's like, "Well, it's one way to look at it." I was like, I, "I think it's the best way to look at it," but you know, it could be wrong. No, be wrong. no, I had a different perspective. I grew up, you know, not rich at all, very poor in fact, and uh, my family was you know your typical rep shop type issue going on. And I remember one time where I thought, maybe this is it. I just couldn't deal with it. Because, you know, when you're an adolescent, you don't know what the hell's going on. You don't have answers. And I thought, okay. And so I read somewhere about suicide. And, you know, you're like, people say, well, what about suicide? And I told my mom, well, well I just feel like killing myself. Well, this is all my mom saw that she didn't tell me anything about God. She just beat my ass. And then she said, <laughs> so, oh, so, beat it out of you so right I, now. I, I, know, what, I, know about, me. I know about the chocolate, bro. Yeah, the chocolate. Uh, oh, yeah. The chocolate, oh, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chocolate. Yeah, for sure. Straight up gave the chocolate. Yeah, my mom was 100% Mexican. My dad was 100% Italian. So there's a lot of yelling going on in my house. I'm like, why are you guys yelling? Like, yeah. I'm talking about what we want to order for dinner. I'm like, yeah, that, that all yeah. disappeared yeah. after that. But no, no, it was, it, it was yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. It's, I'll tell you, it's, it's a tough thing to lose anyone. I remember the, the first real buddy I lost, uh, they've been, 
Dave, my buddy Dave, and, and, and he, was, he was amazing. He really was. Uh, he was a great guy. Lost him in high school. And it just, it, it, you know, it, it, the thing is, it'd be like, oh, you know, it's, it's going to make you stronger. No, it's not. I mean, you still lose someone else, and you st it still hurts. Right. And the person who says something like that is just, they're one, they're more full of shit than, than a Christmas goose on Sunday. And if, if, you, if, if you're trying to look at, 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 at the passing of someone or anything else to make you harder or tougher or stronger so you don't have to cry again, you're looking at it wrong. Like, cry the same. Embrace it the same. You lose someone that you care about, man, get in there and do that because that's where I believe that thing rears its ugly head, right? That's where a loss, a challenge, and a friend at you, a friend will be like, hey, you know, can you do this for me? Like, yeah, sure. And then so something happens with them and you're like, dude, what? And you're like, oh, that man, when they asked me for help, I actually didn't do anything. I was busy doing my own thing. And not, not saying that we're not all busy, not saying that we don't all have things that we have to do, but I mean, I... I feel weird, and I feel weird about it. Like, we're doing part of this is because of Jessie Mae Pelusa, a stand-up comic. She is, um, she's got her, she, her dad has Alzheimer's, and she videotapes and puts it up there, and I tag her in some of this stuff, and I text her and email her, and I'm like, hey, we're doing this, and we're doing that, we're doing the other, and we're gonna have fun, and we're gonna do all these things. And, um, but it's also weird because it's Jessie Mae, and she's like a professional comic, she's a headliner, she's hundreds of thousands of followers, and. She's a, and I'm like, am I bugging her? And is, we're, we're like, I always consider anyone I meet a friend, but no, she no. lives in LA and I don't know how she sees, sees that kind of stuff. It's a weird thing because I'm like, I'm like, man, I really want to help. I really want to do this. I, and then I'm like, man, am I bothering her? I think it's important though, you know, that- I'd so rather be a bother. It's funny, right? you're, you're talking about this at a point in time where Tom Cruise is actually crying in front of Meg Ryan, but- Yeah, the, not in his tidy ways. As entrepreneurs and, and even as our parents' generation, you know, men head of households and they were really trained to be these you know you can't be vulnerable yeah you've always got to be tough skin you've always got to own your shit you've always got to rise to the occasion you can't break you can't break down in front of your kids you can't break down in front of your wife right like it, there's just so much pressure right to yep. be this outstandingly unbreakable emotionally human being yeah and uh, and then unfortunately, the opposite side of that is now millennials are just a bunch of fucking whiny bitches. But anyway, <laughs> but, the, but you know, it's just like, I, I think people need to understand that it's okay to be vulnerable. And it, you know, entrepreneurs spend a lot of time focusing on how not to be vulnerable and how to be this leading figure. But there's nothing more, I, I would say powerful than showing your team and the people that you help lead and the organizations that you help run, that you are human, you know? Sometimes you don't have all the answers. Sometimes you gotta look at your team and go, we might be fucked. Yeah. You know, like shit, shit hit the fan. Like, I, I gotta be real with you guys. I'm not gonna lie, everything's not perfect. Everything's never gonna be perfect. There's always gonna be ways to improve things. And we just gotta stop trying to be everything all the fucking time. And that's okay. And I think that's where a lot of this comes from, is people just try to handle so much emotionally by themselves without reaching out, without finding people they can talk to. And, and again, right, it doesn't hurt to reach out and go above and beyond either. No, it doesn't. I, you know, there's, it's, it's interesting because you, you and we'll, we'll loosely get back to this and then we'll get to the, the, more, the more important stuff of, of, of this thing that's that's happening, but 
I mean, he's he's up there, he's flying. He's like, ah, oh, it's not gonna. He kind of he, he loses his edge a little bit, right? As, as when you, whether you lose an investment, or you're 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 as an entrepreneur, your software or whatever just crashes for the first time and completely fucks. Yeah. Whatever it may be, you know, you lose that little bit of that edge, and all of a sudden you're nervous a little bit. And there's and there's a special person, and there are special people, and I don't, you know, I'm definitely not. I don't know that I'm one of them because I lose my edge a lot. And then I'm just dumb enough to forget or drink it away and just come, come after it again full steam. But, you know, um, I think there's a thing there I'd like to get you guys' insight on. When you've kind of been kicked in the dick or kicked in the teeth, right? And it's like, fuck, I thought I had this. Like, I thought I sold this. I thought I was in. There were people doing this. I mean, I've had it, I've had it with as, as, as simple of a thing as... I had a sponsor that was going to pay for the t-shirts, right? And I was going to put their logo, but it's an Easter egg on the inside of the shirt. So when you turn your nice shirts inside out, yeah, yeah, we're talking about the, yeah. yeah. And at the very end, after a month and a half of trying to get them to do stuff, and I'm pitching their product for a month and a half, right? I'm like, wait, why are we spending this money? And it was just, it's like, yeah. And I was, and we had this whole plan about where we're going to send the shirts out to, how we're going to sell some to raise money for a charity, all these things we're going to do. And we had this conversation. And I don't like to repeat myself. I don't like to then resell or repitch something. And I know the guy who's funding the company who's like, hey man, this is like my new thing. And I just emailed him and I said, you know what? Andy and I are falling out once. I'm not having it happen again. We're all good, I'm out. Don't worry about it. You guys got, you guys got five or six shows of free plugs. You're good, we're good. And then they never replied to that email again. <laughs> Oh my god. Hey man, it doesn't count until it's in the bank, period. Yeah. It doesn't. Nope. And I forget that every single time. <laughs> well, you know, one of, one of my favorite things to uh, going through a couple different types of sales training uh, is, you know, the, the sales guy. He always, you know, he gets on the phone call and he guys, you know, you know, John, everything sounds great. It's looking great. I've been talking to everybody here. We really feel good about this deal, and it's looking like you're going to get it. Apples and apples. We, we love your price versus the competitors, and uh, if, if everything goes according to plan, I, I don't see why you're not going to get the deal. Uh, and then the sales guy goes, "Hey, boss, I got one. I got one. I got one, boss. I got one." So he goes back, and he's really excited. He's like, "Oh, I can put it on like the next ten days. It's going to close." But nothing, not one fucking thing in what I just said to that sales individual meant that business was going to come through. Yep. Not one thing. We call it hopium. Yeah. We call it. And a lot of people serve a lot of hopium. And it's really unfortunate. Hopium. Yeah. And I mean, we just took some of that hopium. And I'm going to tell you, like, for us, uh, it comes down to the leader, right? Because the rest of the team will fall out and everybody will get hurt. And it's a matter of the leader to kind of just control the situation and the environment and re-spark the team to move forward. But the most important part, and I don't mean to take it back there, but the military. Military and steel. Please do. Don't quit. Never quit. Which and is what Kelly's telling him right now. Yep. Don't That's quit. Exactly. Don't Stop. Quit. Don't quit. And he's not a sheriff. He's drinking water. He didn't even drink a beer. He already quit drinking beer. Well, Scientology will get you on that. I was going to say, <laughs> don't quit on the path. I mean, it stunts your growth. Become the grandmaster of Scientology. Stunts your growth. Don't do it. I'm ready to sign up for Scientology. I'm ready. Minus, minus the aliens, you know, masturbating in volcanoes to make us. I'm, I'm down. Like that, right? I'm down. And it's, it's like it's like a million dollars to join or something like that. Yeah. Okay, it's worth the youth. I mean, Tom Cruise has an age. I don't want to age. You know, as long as I can pay more money and be closer to God, I think everybody wins. I think everybody wins. <laughs> I want to. I want to win that way. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I believe that's what the, that's every other religion. That's what they teach, right? Is it yeah. just pay more money to get closer? Oh wait, none of them do. <laughs> not saying they've been bastardized into that, but none of, none of none of them do. At the end of the day, none of them do. No, I mean, I think it's fascinating. It's it's, it's one of those things where you know it's it's always it's not just trial by fire. It's it is trial by failure, and I I think it's the I hate this. I, I hate the same. You get up one more time and you're knocked down. No, because sometimes you get knocked down, you land in a bed of roses. And other times you get knocked down, you land in shit. And guess what? There are times when you land in shit, and the person who cleans the shit off you actually helps you out. And it's not because you got up, it's because the person who cleaned you off actually pushed you ahead. Right. Stop this get up by yourself bullshit, bootstrap bullshit, and be like, no, no, no. Everyone helps someone out. No one did it by themselves. No. I mean, Adam did, if you believe in Adam and Eve, but then you also believe uh, well, in Well, I mean, technically awful, he didn't, because like, she was like, hey, check that out. And yeah, like, oh, and God was like, here, let me give this to you. Yeah. Don't make it yourself. I was going to say, right? well, yeah, I'm right. not sure about Adam and Eve, but I can tell you, things are true. We have learned our lesson, <laughs> and we do something that's uh, recaps after our meetings. What went right, what went wrong, and what to look out for next time and how we do it better. Yeah. And those recaps are a big deal because we've had a lot of failures and I hate that saying fail fast, learn fast, but holy shit, it's as true as it comes. Well, it, it is if you're that type of individual. Yep. Some people get burned and they're built pussies and they fucking fizzle. Yep. You know, I I, I, I was always I mean I, I I had such a high turnover rate in one of my first startups. And because I was always of the mindset you can never have the wrong conversations with the right people true and you know at the end of the day i've had so many of my mentors be like dude you're a fucking idiot you fucking suck you're not listening you're never going to be anything and i'm like yes i am i'm proving wrong fuck you i'm gonna go home i'm gonna read more than you i'm gonna be better than you but not everybody's wired that way and no. so again right like i i what especially when it comes to sales right because you know when i think about losing these big bids and some of the contracts that i've been involved in have been crazy but it's it's the it's just a matter of salespeople just don't think they have rights, <laughs> and they always feel like I'm calling. Well, they they are the hey, quintessential middleman. Uh, so, uh, well, let, let me give you an example. For example, right? If you if you have two if you have three thousand dollars in your fucking pocket, you walk into a goddamn furniture store and you knew you wanted a fucking purple couch, and then some somebody comes up to you and they go, "Excuse me, sir, can I help you?" What do you say? Yeah, one purple couch. No, you don't. I mean, I do. He's like, now, so he's, like, he's like, now I'm talking to Jay. Yeah, well, anyway, say, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> most most people say, I'm, I'm good, just I'm look. Good. Yeah, just like, like, yeah, yeah. that's just how we're white, right? Because yep. we always think we're inconveniencing them. So, you know, it's, it's all about setting up expectations and following it through. Like, hey, by the end of this conversation, we're going to come to A or B. And if we're not a great fit, great. And we usually get that. You're okay with telling me no, right? Yeah, great. Awesome, made you feel comfortable, build rapport. But if yeah. we do agree, and like we are great, but then we're gonna figure out next steps. Sound good? That's it. That sound fair? Yeah. But at no point in time can you say maybe. Do you want to continue? Sure. Yeah. Great. And if yeah. they have a conversation, that motherfucker says maybe. I go, motherfucker. I told you, no, maybe. It's either yes or no. Yes. Great. I'm gonna send the contract over tonight. I just had a conversation today. You guys said maybe. I fucking can't stand oh. that. 
I can't stand that. Or, 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 hey, send me, send me the paperwork. I'll, I'll look at it with my boss. It sounds great. I'm like, you know, it's, it's really. I mean, just, you know, I gotta do. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. And, you know, every time somebody says that to me, I think of that old car salesman ad where the guy's like, he walks up to him and the guy says, "Well, I'm not sure. You know, um, you know, just send me. Let me see what I think about it." And then the salesperson says, "Well, hold on a second. Let me call my wife and see if I can even sell you the car." <laughs> I used to love that game, right? It was, that that game of oh, you gotta call call your wife. It's like, um, no, I'm married. I, I'm gonna call my wife. Uh, it's a fifty thousand dollar car, right? I think she might want to know. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's just a good idea. You know, it's just it's not not a terrible idea. Divorced, <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's a good idea. I, I've, yeah. I've had a lot of bad ideas. It's probably not one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've done. I made some. I mean, I remember I had an FGA Cruiser, and something was going wrong with the four-wheel drive, and something else was happening to it. It was going to be about five or eight grand to uh, to fix. And I didn't really want to spend that on the FJ, but you know, the guys like, listen, it's just it's it's where it's at. But it's not a bad car. I mean, you're going to get five more years out of it. But you know, in the next couple, you're going to have to do this, and then this is going to break, and this is part of the FJ thing. It's like, all right, I'm getting rid of this thing. I'm getting rid of it. He goes, well, don't get rid of it here. We like have it documented here of what you know what it's going to cost to fix. So I turn around and I drive right down to this next place and um, I, I trade it in for a souped up, very very fast. You see, you drove down to the sex place? No, just another place. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, another place. I, I got, swear to God, you said I got, sex I got, place. I got, I got, I got a souped up Dodge Challenger with over 550 horsepower. Oh yeah, <laughs> And I came home. And you're still married? Barely. You better get rid of <laughs> She's a keeper, if that's the case. Well, let's, uh, you know, I'm still very angry about this. Very angry about it all. But I mean, I've, I always, I listen, I was very honest, and I just, I would always tell her, I'm not, I'm not an easy person to live with. She goes, you're a sweetheart, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, I'm crazy. But there's a part of me that's legitimately a little bit crazy. And you got to deal with that crazy sometimes. Yeah. And it's just, it's the entrepreneur thing. It is that... There's, there's no even, there's no 10 cents, 25 cents, 50 cents, a dollar. That doesn't exist in our world. It's you know, you know what's really $100, nothing, 500, how'd you get 500? I don't know. Wow, well, check came. I forget what this one's for. Totally. You know, you know, what, you know what's awesome is uh, how upfront entrepreneurs are, right? Like, yeah. hey, listen, because I, I literally told, I literally told my wife the same thing. I was like, listen, you're making an entrepreneur for better or worse. I'm gonna be running at shit left and right. Some stuff's gonna fail, some stuff's gonna work. I've got a lot of crazy ideas and, and I'm gonna retire you in five years later. Does that sound fair? Sure, great. Four and a half years later, bam, retire. So everybody wins, right? Yeah, <laughs> but no. Well, it's funny, my, my Because girlfriend. then you start Media Tech Ventures. And she's like, what happened? What's what happening? Right, right, right. <laughs> Where's all the money? So I, I, started, I started dating this great girl and we've been dating now for two years together and I told her when we first started dating, like, I'm crazy. Can't date an entrepreneur, you don't understand my schedule's all kind of out of whack, I got two kids at home, you know, and she was like, No, I wanna I wanna do this. Well, go to find out she works more hours than I do. And <laughs> she's trying to own her own stuff, so now I'm questioning like she worked with me for this. Yeah. I, I don't mind putting up with her for this. And I think it's a great fit because she is so driven, she builds, you know, her own websites, she works for a marketing firm, she manages huge accounts, and she's just killing it. And, and smart. We had a conversation. Yeah. And when I was talking about some things I wanted to try at the podcast, she's like, "Wait, what are your numbers on those days? Oh, totally. What's your number on this day? Well, she hold on. How many other out. people um, that that download or, or do recaps on Fridays? I'm like, 
No one does it. She's like, okay, well, you sure you want to do it on Friday then? You want to do it on uh, maybe a Thursday? Because Thursday's a big day for podcasts, just like Tuesdays are. And I'm just looking at her, I'm like, how do you know this? She goes, oh, I read a lot when I'm building websites and doing stuff. Awesome. I just want to great. rescind Jason's awesome. invite and just bring her down. I'm like, you just come down. Yeah, I don't know. You should have just said hi. <laughs> I don't know why you got me. Because <laughs> this, this isn't visual yet, sir. All right? I got I got. a face for radio. Okay? Touché. I, That's right. There we go. Yeah, my tits are the kind that you want to see. No, it's all good. Well, but, um, girlfriend's cute. She, no, she's a, she's a pretty lady. And she's, but more importantly, she's very smart. I, I feel bad because out of all the people that I met that I got some cards from, um, my daughter decided that they were playing cards for her My Little Pony, so she cut them up to give them her My Little Ponies these nice. cool colors. And I wanted to email all these people and be like, hey, I just want to let you know, man, thanks so much. I, you know, I come in late that night, I empty out my pockets on the kitchen countertop, as I always do, and then I just roll in and go to sleep and I'm out. And she wakes up and I wake up with her and I, you know, I feel great the next morning, I'm, I'm okay and we're hanging out. And I go do something the next day and I come back and I'm like, oh, you should have those cards. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Harper cut those up. They're, they're playing cards for My Little Ponies. I was like, well, I'm not a good puzzle builder. So, <laughs> they know my name. I guess they could probably find exactly, it. Exactly, yeah, to. right? If it was really important. Really important. I, I did that when I moved here, actually. I got rid of my phone. I changed my number. I didn't tell anybody I was getting rid of my phone. I changed my number. I had about 1,750 contacts in my phone when I moved here. Oh, that gives so, me neuroses. You, you know what's funny is somebody else got my old number. and That poor it, bastard. I actually called him. And he didn't pick up, and I left him a message because it got to a point where people were like, "Dude, I, I would call," and, and this person literally picked up, and they would say, "Are you looking for John?" And they're like, oh. "Yes, I am." You go, "This isn't his fucking number anymore." Like, if, if if I had somebody else's fucking phone number, and that was happening to me all the time, I probably would change it. No, nope. so I called. Him I, I'm going. I'm going. I'm getting. I'm getting a, an audio clip. Who's Johnny? She said. And that's my voice message. <laughs> Smile then look the other way. <laughs> and be like, he's not here, motherfucker. Stop calling. So, um, you know, it's where I got this damn, you know how like your phone number gets spoofed out somewhere? Oh, yeah. Mine got spoofed out. I got somebody from Russia calling me. I just so happened to have a best friend in Russia. Bol- so I answered, I answered one of them, right? And as soon as you answer, you know what authenticates you. It's a live number. Oh, yeah. Since then, I've gotten 20 calls at 2 in the morning, from 2 in the morning until oh, no about 9 at night. Yep, I've, I've got some um, someone I answered randomly. It was a SoCal number. I was like, oh, yeah, I have a SoCal number, and it could be a friend of mine that changed theirs. And I answered, so, like, well, I'm like, no, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. And then they hang up before I can hang up. And now I'm validated as a real number. And I get, I don't know, 20 to 30 like random voicemails. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is not good. That's, not good at all. Not I'll good. tell you what, I'd pay $10 a month if somebody could fix that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you used to pay $10 a month for caller ID and it didn't work. And then uh, <laughs> my, my buddy and I created caller ID spoofing, the first mobile to mobile. <laughs> that really worked well. And then in all of that working well, it was Destruction Junction for sure. Like it was, it was, it was chaos. It was all downhill from there. All downhill from there. We had a lot of fun with that. Um, for for someone who, who worked his butt off and did a lot as an entrepreneur, for someone that works his butt off is, is doing and, and launching more and more companies, this this end fight scene, if you will, right? When there's there's chaos all, all around them and there's and there's something that's 
I mean, either you're going to jump in and win, or you're going to stay back and you're going to lose. That's right. Right? Absolutely. And you see your, you see your friends around you fail, or you see maybe some of them kind of succeed. Uh, and it might give you a little bit of hope, but it's not the success that you want or the success that you thought. What is your, uh, and, and Jay, we'll start with you. What's the chaos that you stepped into? What are a couple times of the chaos that you've stepped into, right? Where you've taken off and everyone's like, it's Foxville out there. Don't go. Like, just hang back for a little bit. Listen. And you're like, no, nope, I'm going. I'm running into this. Don't care. Yeah, we've done that a few times. In fact, let's talk about our real product. It's uh, We have a peer-to-peer -peer application right now that's on the market. We came out with this right when Venmo was hitting their peak and... Um, Zeal came out, which is the bank's peer to peer. Yep. And when we did that, we came out. How many times had Venmo been hacked? <laughs> I'm just yeah, don't, Not only that, but uh, you know, other stories for you. Yeah. But either way, we went and tried to raise money specifically for this product. And we had every single person tell us, You're crazy, you can't compete. You're crazy, you can't compete. You're crazy, you can't compete. But as long as you have smarter people on your team and you have a no quit mentality, you can overcome any challenge. Now given, we may not be bigger than PayPal or bigger than Zeal or Venmo, but we found a way to make this product work and a way to make this product work in a big way where publicly traded companies are very interested in acquiring the entire technology at this point. Nice. So it's all about the influence around you. I've been told that in every single scenario where you're crazy, everybody's running out of this, how do you figure it out? And it's about your team and your exit strategies. Yeah. That's what we did. John, what you got, man? I mean, there, whether it's in a van with four other guys traveling the country, whether it's you know starting a marketing agency without having any sort of business training or fucking college degree, you know, there's. There's always you, and, and I think one of the things that I love about kind of that military and that army, right? You're you are a product of your environment, right? yeah. And to have that kind of acumen and that that um, discipline instilled in you, I think is extremely important. Extremely important, uh, especially for any entrepreneur. Uh, and for me, though, it's always just been morbid curiosity and the willingness to just say, "Well, what if?" Right, like, hey, guys, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't throw this this black this bag of gunpowder into the fire. But has anybody else done it? I don't know. Let's you know, let's, let's check it out. Who yeah. cares, right? Let's try something new for once. And, and I, I think there's uh, it, it was just a, a matter of getting you know I, I always ingrained myself in these corporate environments or these startups environments, but I always had that creative outside of the box thinking perspective because I am an artist, I'm a musician, and I didn't always look at things where it was just like, oh, like, well, you know, I, I read this book in my uh, junior year at, uh, you know, UT, and, it, you know, clearly this problem we're having now, we, we need to follow this formula, and it's gonna get us on this, Jay, what do you think? It's like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Like, no, absolutely not. Uh, and, you know, I, I think some of the things for me was, when I started my first company, it was, I don't know anything about this. I, I've got some people around me, and we're all really excited, we got a really good idea, and it took a while for me to be like, why Why does everybody leave that I hire? Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I shower every day. Like, I like to think I'm a fun guy, right? I'm young. I don't give a shit if you smoke weed. Like, I don't fucking drug test you. Like, even though it's in Chicago. Like, I, I just don't get it. 
And so then eventually it was reading the books, finding out how to manage people and lead people. And I was like, ah, okay, now I see. And then from there it was, bam, five people to 45 employees in a matter of about a year, year and a half. And, and things changed drastically. And so, you know, the, I have always thrived in chaos because I, I don't know if it's my ADD or, you know, I'm the type of guy that if you give me one thing to do, I'll find a million ways to do it. Yep. But if you give me a million things to do, I'll fucking crank through everything and I'll get everything done. That's just how I work. It's just like one thing after another. It's like, oh, I've got one thing to do. What am I going to do with the rest of the day? You know, <laughs> I, I just can't function that way. Drink. Yeah, right, right. This is why we're here. Uh, but yeah, what no, do you I mean, I, 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 love, I love diving into that and just figuring out extremely complex challenges. And it's just, it's if it's not challenging me, it's boring me. And if it's boring me, I'm going to quit because it's not challenging. There's a, it's funny, like, I'm, I'm always of the ilk of just you, you share your dreams, you go after them, and if something's not catching for you, if you've talked to someone, like, they don't buy, or like, that's interesting, but they don't give you someone, whatever it may be. Yeah. You keep sharing, you keep going after, you're like, no, no, no. Uh, I've had this idea, I've told you guys both about it, and I, I won't say it on the air only because now I have, like, I, I had a, a drink last night with my friend Sabina. <clears throat> and of course, as, as par, my daughter's with me, right? My four-year-old is with me, and she's like, I want to come hang out. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm getting lemonade, but it's cool. So he's got a glass of wine. I go, hey, by the way, I've always thought about this, and I wanted to ask you, what do you think about X? And she's like, oh, I have a client that wants to do this. I go, yeah, but it's this much. She goes, oh, I don't care how much it is. She goes, when do you want to have the meeting? She goes, let's do this. Can we do, we have to do it in Austin or can we do it somewhere else? I go, you have to do it somewhere else, add 10 grand, because I gotta fly somewhere and do something. I kinda wanna buy a shot of bourbon for everybody. I cannot do a shot of bourbon, I drove down here, so I apologize. It's I just can't me do being. I a shot of bourbon because I'm <laughs> Can we do a shot of something? Can we do. I'm sure we can. What do you want? It's up to you. Um, well, it's up, is it, are you good? How about tequila? Are you good with tequila? I'm about a kamikaze because I feel like a girl in this situation. That's, we can do a kamikaze. Is that, that's that's fine. fine with me. Well, I mean, we are watching. I was going to say, somewhat watching. appropriate. Somewhat appropriate. Come okay. Three of them, please. Thank you're you, sir. But, uh, you know, so I share with her. She's like, no, like, I have a client that actually, this this is exactly what they want because they they just want media impressions. So if they get this luxury to do these media impressions, then this is what we got. And I was like, oh, wow, well, let me know. She goes, well, uh, I fly to Portland tomorrow, and I'm there through Friday. And then I'm back in my office to write checks on Monday and meet my staff, and then I fly out again. Just can you be in my downtown LA office Monday morning? And I'm like, yeah, of course I can. Like, I don't care. She goes, but just to be clear, because I want to make sure that you're saying this right, you're only doing this because it can only happen once, because it's never been done before. So it's never been done before. It can never be done again, because everyone's going to try to copy you, and they're going to be like, shit. I'm like, yeah, because it's an event. Right. It's not. Yeah, I mean, the best thing about tech, right, is you can see someone do it and you're like, oh, I can make that better. Friendster, MySpace, Facebook, right? I can do that better. Sure. You know, uh, Wells Fargo versus, you know, anyone else. <laughs> Wells Fargo's like, I, I love the new commercials where it's just like, we actually kind of care. And then oh, like, oh, wait, another scandal comes. Another, another scandal happens. I mean, yeah. really, guys, no, we really do care. Like, no, I don't yeah, care. we care. Another scandal. Uh, yeah, I, I can't handle, you know, what people are doing yep. at those locations. But I want to let you know, as the CEO, I care. Yes. Maybe not everybody else might. I know I fucked you. <laughs> and your family. <laughs> yeah, right. And I stole money from you. And I just want to say, 
now that's changed. Can we make like unwells Fargo shirts? Like, I know. Like I'm unwells Fargo. Well, in Wells Fargo's defense, they are very large, and there is 400 million people in the United States, so they only stole two million identities. Yeah, you know, there I is. Mean, I guess on the grand scale. I guess on the grand scale, it's okay. It's it's not. Um, it's you know it's it's an interesting thing. Like they're like we only stole this much money, and we really we don't feel terrible about it. I mean, we feel bad enough to do the fine. But not, we're not, we don't feel that bad about it. Well, Nobody in Wall Street does. Are you fucking kidding me? They're like, hey, you know what? I'm sorry, Attorney General. I uh, didn't know I couldn't do that. Right? I think about yeah. Dave Chappelle all the time in that. Where he's just like, he's, like, he's, he's, he's his white buddy, and he's driving high, and the cop pulls him over. He goes, you know how fast you're going? He's like, I'm sorry, officer. I uh, didn't know I couldn't do that. Right? Yeah. Like, that's what I think about all the time with Wall Street. And they're just like, oh, you're right. You know, just give us $5 billion, you know, and everything if, will be fine. If payment approved... Did the exact same thing that Wells Fargo did. I would be in jail, and all the employees would be indicted. Oh shit! I thought you were saying you'd be a billionaire. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. Or that. Or, or, or that. Or that way too. Yeah, right. Just depending right. on which way. Maybe five, ten years from now. Yeah. Right. If I completely fuck poor people, exactly. I would be in jail. But Wells Fargo comes out like, hey, bro, what's happening? Oh, that's right. But you, it's interesting. I mean. Financial services is a, is a unique position. Wall Street's in a unique position where they can continually just bend people over and be like, "Of course they can." Yeah, because the fines one percent of what they make. Well, be, well, and because of lobbying and because of you know all the money and, and there's no corporate, you know, it, it's just it's all you know. What George Carlin says it the best, right? It's it's a it's a big fucking you know what, what does he say? It's a big club and, and you ain't in it. Yeah, right. you're not invited, right? <laughs> Sam, Sam Tripoli Sam says that better. He goes, there's there's the Rothschilds, and they are front people for someone else that's running this fucking world, and it's a conspiracy. <laughs> and guess what? None of us are invited, okay? There's 10 people running planet Earth. That's just how it works. And when they, yeah, exactly. The banks do fund the wars. They do. The bank, I mean, you know, uh, Lord, Lord of War instead of Warlord, right? I mean, Lord of War with Nick, Nicolas Cage. Totally. It's... Hey, you know, banks and there's certain people that just that just run it and they do their thing and there's a, hey, it is what it is. Um, but I'm it, happy to compete against them. Yeah, as you should. You know, I, I I think there's there's groups that compete and they stick around. They actually stay true to what they do. Well, it's even it's even beyond that because we're we're moving to a market now where it's it's conscious capitalism. It's conscious consumers. It's not just about clearance and savings anymore, and it's not just about the bottom line. It's about the triple bottom line, right? It's it's when people go and they they invest their dollars in a product and a service. Am I saving a life? Am I killing a life? Right? I mean that that they did a study and it shows uh, is right up there with clearance and savings. See, and now you you've hit a point. Now I'll give my buddy a, a free plug here. He's actually texting me because he's taking my base at basketball tonight, and they have this clothing company, <clears throat> and we were chatting. And I go, well, what's, he goes, well, we're organic. I go, who's not fucking organic these days? He goes, yeah, but we're different in the way we do things. I go, what makes you different? And then we tweaked it a little bit, and it ended up with him having coffee with me, coming out, and they've been around for a while, and they acquired this company from someone else, and they've made it better. Okay. But it ended up coming out saying, if you should care as much as you put in your body as you put on your body. Yep. And, and that's, now imagine that. Because now it's not the ultra green person who understands your your fair trade certification or super green certification or organic certification. Now it is the person who drives their SUV to Whole Foods that goes, oh, I kind of care what I put on my body. 
Right. Oh, I kind of care what I do here. Oh, right. I, you know what? I can care this way and still look nice because their clothes are nice. So it's like, oh, now I, now I get it. Now I can right. do it. And that change, here's the funny thing though, those changes that happen, and I won't put my friend or her company on blast, but um, they, were a, uh, they were a green company and they were doing extremely well and they were shifting buying patterns. They had so many people subscribing and doing stuff, they were shifting buying patterns. Okay. And so Disney bought them. Wow. That's impressive. Well, that's Jesus. impressive except for they're gone now. Right. Like they just turned those buyers into Disney buyers. Right. Where that, that change that you had all these people suddenly making, just you did you do reverted back well so uh, but again right I mean the B Corp certifications are becoming a lot more prevalent in today's business world and it's catching on and it, conscious capitalism is becoming more and more prevalent in today's investment uh, community and it, you know study shows if you look at B Corp investments versus just typical and traditional VC or private equity investments B Corps always win it might be a little bit longer on the return but they, they stick around longer and they, they have a higher return in the, in, the, in the end game. Well, they definitely have a consumer that, that stays, right? They're Absolutely. Not, they're not as frivolous. I mean, and, and this is, I think this is a great time. You know, so uh, Montucky brought us out here. They're, they're, uh, they're kicking in some money to, the, the, to, to fight Alzheimer's. Uh, Kung Fu is kicking in money to fight Alzheimer's as well. Uh, we've, we've got a couple of the Alzheimer's people here that, that, that run the, the, the association here. Uh, but they have on their can you know, they give 10% back, Montucky does, to, to local causes where their beer is sold. Love it. They give, or, or to, and then and they're like, like, recycle, don't be a jerk. Like, on their can, doesn't say, please recycle. It says, don't be a jerk. Yeah, yeah. Like, just don't, don't be a fucking jerk. Just recycle. Just, dude, it's not hard. No, listen, yeah. one is blue and the other is black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, if you're really, if you're really that fucked up, go for the blue. Yeah. Or just, green. Just do it. And so, it, you know, it, it's not a terrible thing. It's not a pain in the ass for anyone. So, you know, you, you see all that stuff happen. And then, you know, you think about the, how this conversation curtailed and ended. And then you think about the sponsors and the people here. And it's like, it is. It's how do we take care of each other? How do we take care of, uh, you know, our, our mental health, our physical health? How do we take care of the environment around us so that that takes care of us, our mental health, our physical health? Because there is something about getting outside. There is something about, about seeing nature and not seeing 20,000 20, cigarette butts or, or someone's beer can or something else. Like when you used to float the Guadalupe and you would just see, you know, plastic red cups floating with you. Yeah. Many, right? You know what? I, I'm still, after this, I'm going to go out and smoke a cigarette and throw my cigarette butt in the street because it's just a cigarette butt and they are biodegradable. But that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, the, 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 the pigeons who smoke are like, they got to save me a little bit. <laughs> it would oh! pick up some trash off the street when they walked up here. But that's, we're, we're in a very progressive marketplace that demands transparency, which is allowing these decentralized technologies to thrive, and that is allowing these companies that otherwise would have gotten thrown out back in the days of. You know, when, when, when you wanted people to smoke back in the day, you got Barney, right, from the Flintstones to smoke a cigarette. Or a then, doctor. And then, 30, <laughs> <laughs> and then 30 million people got cancer, right? Yeah. But nowadays, it's, it's, it's people are extremely conscious about what they do, how they do it, why they're doing it. People just don't go to work anymore. I mean, you know, and, and that's one of the things that I'm noticing, too, from a hiring trend in uh, just corporate America is because... 50% of the U.S. economy is going to be working for themselves in the next five to ten years. Yeah. Yep. That's fucking wild. I can right? tell you that most of our workforces work from home now, too. Yeah. Because of that. Right? Like, 
I don't give a fuck. Sure, right? But then even then, it's like, okay, even though you're working from home, like... You still got to produce. You still got to, well, produce, yes, but they want to feel... From, from, from like an equitable standpoint, right? I want to be a yeah. part of it. I want to be in it. I want to own a piece of it. I don't want to just get paid anymore. And they have that, uh, I forget the site now, but it's, it's kind of like the fiber of equity. Where people yeah. can go and they take a, a decrease in what they make hourly and they get equity as a company. Right? Like, fucking it, I do that all day. <laughs> it's interesting. So you brought up this shot. Um, yeah. Here, here's what I, you know, we live in a great, great city. Uh, we live in a great time where we get to do this stuff where this is I mean we, we just we're, we're just I told you earlier we, do, we just jumped past 200 downloads a day that's incredible it's crazy thank you and it's, it's growing for, for 23 episodes it's not terrible um, so we're, we're, do, we're doing stuff we could be worse but we gotta, you know, we, uh, everyone, some people get mad at the email, they're like, you didn't hardly address like my favorite part of the movie, bro. I'm like, well, listen, <laughs> for sure, if this, this should give you a different insight on the movie. But it also should give you a different insight on life. It should give you a different perspective on, on how people think. It should give you, give you uh, just a different nuance with that. So we're gonna do a cheers. We're gonna do this kamikaze shot. We are gonna have some fun. And um, more importantly, we're gonna close this uh, with you hearing my daughter talking about the first time she uh, took a shit. So, there you go, <laughs> and I'm out.